Do you wish there was a place to reactivate your life and your faith? Sometimes it may feel like you're just going through the motions, and you may wonder if there is maybe more to life than this. Or maybe you know someone who has walked away from the church, who has been hurt by other Christians, or is simply looking for a safe place to explore faith in their search for life's meaning. Discover how to reactivate your faith, your purpose, your passion, your impact in the world, and your church. God doesn't want you to just go through the motions of life. He's got a plan to reactivate you. Watching that video, I think next week I need to jog up the steps and do a skateboard stunt. I'm going to do it. I think I might do it next week. But I won't tell you which service I'm going to do it in. You'll have to come to both. (laughs) Or if you come to the second one and I'm not here because I'm an accident, an emergency. (laughs) So we're, we're starting a new message series today for the entire month of November called Reactivate. And we're looking at reactivating our faith, reactivating your God-given gifts, reactivating your sense of vision, your connection and involvement with the church. And you know, it's because very often we can, we can be involved in all these things. Our faith can be growing and we can be discovering and using our God-given gifts and we can be getting really connected with what's happening in our local church and we can be get, getting a great vision for our future. And then after a period of time, it can be, we, we can become very settled spiritually sedentary. You know, we can just like settle down and it's kind of like, well, I had all these goals, but I've kind of achieved them. I had a journal and I'd written down all these prayer requests ages ago, but they've kind of like, uh, uh, they've all come to pass or, or there's a couple that I've taken so long to come to pass, I'm now disillusioned with it or whatever it may be. And we can just stop It can be like we're going through life and then we just set up camp and we decide to stop going. And sometimes we actually can end up just going round and round in circles in life and not making any progress. Just like the Israelites did when they left Egypt and to begin with, they crossed the Red Sea and there was all these exciting things happening and they had a great burst of enthusiasm. But after being in the wilderness for a while, they began to grumble, they began to complain. Things weren't moving along as fast as they thought that they should. They stopped, they set up camp, and at one point they just traveled around the same mountain for years and didn't actually go anywhere until there came a time where Joshua challenged them all, it's time to reactivate your faith, it's time for us to go and possess the promised land, it's time to actually possess our possessions, inherit our inheritance and live in, experience and actualize the life that God has got for us. Sometimes You have to just stir yourself up, wake yourself up. And today I want to talk about reactivating your faith, 
reactivating your faith. I'm, I'm sure I'm not alone in this. If you have been a Christian for any length of time, I'm sure you've had the same experience as I have, that there seem to be seasons of life where you're kind of like on a spiritual growth spurt. Your faith is growing and you're praying about things and you're doing things and blessings are coming your way and it's exciting for a while. And then you just kind of settle down. You, you've kind of like, it's, it's become normal. Uh, it it kind of reminds me of, you know, like goldfish. If you, if you get goldfish, little goldfish, and you've got a little goldfish bowl, and you put your little goldfish in a little goldfish bowl, the little goldfish doesn't grow very much. It stays a little goldfish. But then if you take the goldfish out of there and you put it in an aquarium tank, and there's a water filter to keep the water good, and the temperature's right, and the light's right, the little goldfish becomes a middle-sized goldfish. It grows because its environment has grown. Do you know that same goldfish? If you didn't live in the frozen north, you would kill it if you put it in your garden pond in the winter. But if you lived someplace maybe warmer, and you put it in a big garden pond, or even in a lake, the bigger the environment, the bigger the fish grows to. But you know what happens in our life very often? Our life will grow to a certain level, and while it's growing to that level, our faith can be active. We're praying about things. We're believing for things. We feel like God is answering our prayers. He's involved in our life. We've got to this place in life. We got out of the goldfish bowl and into the aquarium, and our life grows to that size. But it's comfortable in the aquarium. It's warm, everything's just right, and we settle down to aquarium-sized life. And our faith then settles down. Because as I was thinking about this message over the last couple of weeks, I was thinking about the fact that it's about reactivating your faith. Re, that means you had it before. Okay, so you had some faith before. Reactivate. At some point in your life, your faith was active. And now it is inactive. It's dormant. It's settled. It's time to wake your faith up. It's time to stir yourself up and reactivate your faith. And as I began to think about that word, reactivate, it actually made me change the whole message that I was going to be sharing because originally I was thinking about talking about the power of faith. Faith can move mountains, Jesus said. If you pray and believe, you will receive, Jesus said. All things are possible for those who believe. I was going to talk about believing and having faith and all of that kind of stuff. And then I thought, whoa, hold on a minute. This message is not called how to get faith. This message is called reactivate your faith. Wake your faith up. It's not that you've not got any. It's that you're not using it. And so um, whatever area of your life you've allowed your faith to go dormant and go to sleep in, you know, you've, you, you gave your faith an extra hour in bed this morning because the locks changed. The, the, the times change the clocks, and then so you 
And then sometimes you give your faith a little rest now and again, and it never bothers wakening up ever again. It's like, now this is, your, this is your life. Yes, you're a Christian. Yes, you still have faith. Yes, you still believe in Jesus. Yes, your sins are forgiven. But not much else is happening in your life. But I have discovered by experiencing it myself and observing other people that the time that you actually become excited about your faith is not when you're talking about it or hearing about it like some kind of religious theory or philosophy, but at the, when you actually engage your faith with real life. You've got your real life here, you've got your faith in God, and where the two of them intersect, where there are things in your life that are not the way you want them to be, And instead of complaining about them, grumbling about them, posting all over Facebook what a victim you are and all of this kind of thing to get sympathy hearts and all of that kind of stuff, instead of doing that, you go to God and you pray, you go to the scriptures and you find promises that the plans that God has for your life are plans to prosper you and to give you a hope and a future and you read that and you think that's for me. That's for me. Or you find a verse where Jesus said that God wants you to grow and flourish until your life is bearing much fruit. Oh, that's me. I want to have a fruitful life, a flourishing life, a purposeful life. When you begin to think about your life and things you want to change in your life, and then you go to God, you pray, you believe that you invite him to be a part of it, and then believing that God has heard and answered your prayer, you take a step of faith. You begin to do the thing that you've not done before. You allow other people to get into your life. You start that business you've been dreaming about starting. You go and take that course that's going to help you achieve your dream. You decide to finally volunteer for that thing in church that you've known for years you're gifted at but just didn't want to get out of your comfort zone and do. Whatever it may be, is you find the promises, you pray, you invite God to be a part of it and then you take a step of faith and now you're committed and now you need God to help you out. Like Robert, Dr. Robert Schuller used to say, he used to say this, have a dream that is so big, believe for something so big that you will completely fail unless God shows up. Have a goal. Don't set a goal that you could achieve on one of your bad days. (laughs) Have a goal so big that even on your good days you couldn't achieve it because you're not achieving it together on your own. You're doing it together with God. You are reactivating your faith. And see when you take your faith in God and you take your real life circumstances and you connect them together, that's when faith becomes exciting. That's when it becomes an adventure. That's when you reactivate it. And so as I was thinking about all this, you know, growing as a person, stretching yourself, you know, that's why we went to two services as a church. 
you know, we could have continued going to just with one service. We had enough chairs for everyone that was coming along. We were a goldfish that had grown to the size of our goldfish bowl. We needed to make more room. So we stretched ourselves. We got out of our comfort zone. We created two services, which frees up half the chairs every week, which means that we have more room to grow and expand. And now we are partnering with God. And do you know, at this point last year, if we would go back in one year, last year at this point, we now have 100 more people who are part of Gateway than we did at this point last year. Do you know that? I, I was supposed to save that for Vision Sunday, but I've told you anyway. I've told you now. So, Because when you make room to expand your life, and you, that's when your faith becomes exciting and you see God working in your life. So as I was thinking about this, I thought, I kept thinking about a message, a message that I had shared here before, and I went and looked it up. And 11 years ago this month, November 2008, I was not even the pastor of Gateway Alliance Church. I didn't even live in Canada. I lived in Scotland at the time. But the church here at Gateway had invited me to come for a weekend and had invited me to speak on the Sunday, which was actually the 30th of November. I remember it because that's my birthday. So in case you want to send me a card (laughs) with a check in it, you can do that. Um, So the 30th of November, it was a Sunday, uh, 2008, 11 years ago, it was the very first time I stood on this platform and I shared a message called breaking through to a higher level in life. And that message had five points. And I went back and dug it out and looked at it and I thought, I want to share that today. In fact, as I looked at the message, I realized, first of all, that message, which for me was for the whole gateway thing started, Those five points have actually become themes that we have revisited again and again over the last 10 years. And anyway, we're talking about reactivating. Let's go back to the very first message I shared here and let's reactivate it today. If you want to reactivate your faith, what you really need to do is break through to a higher level in life. Say that with me. Break through to a higher level in life. Let's start with a story from 2 Samuel about King David in which we see where David broke through to a higher level. It says here, when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, they went to search for him. Anointed, what does that mean? Well, you know, when somebody was made king, what they would do is a prophet would pour oil over his head and anoint him with oil and say a prayer and pronounce a blessing over him. The oil was just a symbol, and it was a symbol to say, we are acknowledging that God has chosen you, and that God has poured out his spirit, his presence, his blessing on your life. Now, that doesn't just count for David, that counts for all of us. The Bible says that we have all been anointed by the Holy One. 
We have been anointed. In fact, if you're a Christian, the word Christian, I-A-N at the end, means small or little. A Christian is a little Christ. Jesus was the Christ, and the word Christ means the anointed one, the one who was anointed with God's blessing. But when you believe in Christ, you become a Christian. You get that anointing too. God's blessing comes on your life. You've been anointed. You are anointed. You are blessed. God chose you, and he didn't make a mistake. He didn't want to take you back to the shop for a refund afterwards with the gift certificate to say, I got this one, but I chose it, but it doesn't work very well. Can I exchange it for another one? God doesn't do that. He knows all about you, and he chose you, and he anointed you, and he blessed you, and he wants to see your life become everything that he created it with the potential to become. Anointed David King. But just because God loves you doesn't mean you won't face difficulties in life. There are some Philistines. There are some difficulties. There are some problems that we face in life. And sometimes, rather than break through them, we want to just sit, kick back, and watch Netflix. But actually, there is, there, is a, there is something that when you break through into that area in life, your whole life will take on a new purpose. So David heard of it and went down to the what? Where did he go? The stronghold. David heard about it. He knew that in the outside world, there was opposition. There was restrictions. There were limitations. And so instead of flailing about, trying to deal with all the restrictions and the limitations, David decided to retreat for a while, and he went to a specific place. He went to the stronghold which in my mind, I picture it like Lord of the Rings and it's Helm's Deep and the, the, what are those things called? The orcs are outside the walls and they're in the stronghold. David went to the stronghold. There is a place that we need to go to and deal with first before we will see the breakthrough in our life. So remember that, we'll come to it in a minute. The Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the Valley of Rephaim. Let's read on. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines, and will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will deliver the Philistines into your hand without doubt. Without what? Without doubt. Now, If we had read the whole passage earlier on in this story, the Philistines also were up to their business again. And David went and prayed and inquired of the Lord and said, should I attack the Philistines? And in that situation, God said no. But in this situation, after David first went to the stronghold, in this situation, God said yes. Go up, for I will deliver them into your hands without doubt. Don't even doubt it. Do not entertain a doubt. Now, this tells me that the first, when the first time God said to David, don't go and fight them, and the second time he said, go and fight them, that tells me something, church. You are not obliged to fight every battle that you are invited to. 
especially on social media, okay? You are not, you do not need to put everyone in their place. You don't have to have everything in the world right before you can be happy. By the way, that is the plague of modern society. You realize that? The plague of modern society is I'm unhappy with my life, but rather than put my big boy pants or my big girl pants on and mature and do something about it, I want to stop you saying and doing things that are upsetting me. You will never be able to control everybody and everything in the world. You do not have to go and fight every battle that you're invited to. There are some that you need to fight, and the first one, as we'll see in a moment, is in the stronghold. So the Lord said, go up, for I will deliver the Philistines into your hands. What's the last two words? Without doubt, don't doubt, don't have, don't reactivate your doubts, reactivate your faith. Believe that something good is about to happen in your life. And then let's read on. The next thing, so David went to Baal Perizim, that was the name of the place. And that, those words mean the Lord of the breakthrough, the Lord of the breakthrough. David went to Baal Perizim and David defeated them there. Every barrier that's holding you back, every doubt, all insecurity, all the people that have told you you can't do it, all of the conflicting thoughts that have come into your mind, everything that is holding you back, when you take a step of faith, when the Lord is with you, you will defeat those things. You will overcome those things. You will stretch yourself beyond those things. You will jump out of that little goldfish bowl and you'll jump into the big baptismal tank here and you will grow as a person. You will expand your life, will flourish and become all it needs to be when you take the step of faith. He defeated them there and he said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. And every time I read that scripture, every time I read that breakthrough of water thing, I always get two images in my mind, two images. The first image is the image of a pregnant woman and her waters break. That is, for some reason, whenever I read that, the breakthrough of water, I think about someone who's pregnant and you know they are ready to give birth when the waters break. Now, when I was a kid and I heard people talk about, oh, oh, such and such a person said, oh, her waters have broken. I, I imagined it was like some big gushing thing like a bucket of water or something like that, you know? I imagined that it had to be some big spectacular thing. But it, it only takes a little bit of water to break. It only takes a little break of water. And if you're pregnant, you know that a little breakthrough of water is a sign that a big baby is on its way soon. And do you know, many times, spiritually speaking, whether you're male or female, spiritually speaking, we can become pregnant with an idea, with a dream, with a goal, with a plan, with a vision of our future. 
you know, we, we, we've got these thoughts that come to us, we've got these gifts that God has created us with, we've got a particular personality type, there's words that have been spoken into our lives, there's scriptures that have come alive, we've sat in church and we've listened to a sermon and one part of it just suddenly spoke to us or whatever and we've been, and something has happened within us. We have got excited about the promises of God. We've become excited about the potential of what our life can become when we partner together with God. The inside is deep in your heart. You conceive something. You conceive this dream of a better future. And sometimes it's been growing within you for months, maybe even years. There's this thing that you long to do. There's this dream in your heart that you long to experience. There's this step that you long to take, but you're scared. You're you're holding back. It's kind of like, I want the waters to break and I want to give birth to this baby. But actually, it's like the thought of it all happening is a bit scary. I don't know if I want to do it. There could be pain involved. It might involve me stretching beyond my comfort zone. I mean, it could be unpleasant. Given, I mean, like I've witnessed it. I've never experienced it, but I've watched it. And boy, oh boy, watching it was bad enough. That, I mean, like, to give birth to something, it can be a bit of a painful and stretching experience, but at the end of it, you have this brand new life in your arms. And maybe God's put a dream in your heart. And when you finally give birth to it, when it finally comes to fruition, when it's finally materialized in this real world, you will be holding a brand new life in your hands, a life that now is only a dream, but it will be your life when it happens. But you have to break through through. You have to, that breakthrough has to happen. You have to get over your fears. Not just your fears of failures, but your fears of success, your fears of actually doing something, your fear of getting out of your comfort zone. The other image that it comes to me is, you know the story about the dam that was leaking and there was a, I don't even know the story, I just know he was a little Dutch boy. Was he a little Dutch boy? And he had his finger in the hole in the dam But if when he pulls his finger out and the water spurts out, all it takes is a little bit of water to come out and the force of it. I I see God's blessings for your life. All of the positive changes that could take place in your life, they're like a dammed up wall of water. And sometimes we are so so comfortable with our life the way it is that we've got our finger in the dam. We're holding it back. All these blessings. All it would take was for us to say, okay, Lord, I want everything you've got for me and pull your finger out. And at first it'll be a little trickle of water, but the force of it will become a mighty tsunami of blessing, of transformation, of fulfilled dreams, of answered prayers, of changed life. God's got more for you than you could ever think was possible. The Lord breaks through like a breakthrough of water. Here's quickly, here's five points that will help you break through to a higher level in life. Number one, let's put the first one up. The strongholds that we have to break through are in our mind. Remember David went to the stronghold? Remember the Philistines were outside and he went went to the stronghold and there in the stronghold he sought the Lord? 
Can I just encourage you that if you have come to the place where you think, yes, I have been living in my comfort zone for too long. I need to reactivate my faith. I need to lift my vision higher. I need to set goals that I've never set before. I need to get out of the boat and walk in the water. I need to take a step of faith in life. But there's all of this opposition. There's all all of the circumstances in life aren't lining up. There's all of these things to intimidate me. All of these Philistines up there, out there. Before you start fussing and fighting with all of the things in your life, do what David did. Retreat. Retreat within yourself. And, And find the strongholds inside. Find those mindsets, those ways of thinking that keep you bound, those fears, those doubts, those excuses. If you allow your mind to talk to you enough, it will talk you out of doing anything. And you get these strongholds. And you deal with the strongholds in your mind first. And when you do that, taking the step of faith in the real world will will be so much easier. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. You're not taking a big sword and going to kill a Philistine. You're taking the spiritual force of faith and you're going to conquer doubt and unbelief and fear and insecurity and lack of financial provision and hostility and whatever it is. You're going to break through those barriers with spiritual weapons. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish what? Shout it out strongholds, to demolish strongholds. What strongholds? Let's read on. To demolish strongholds. We subdue conflicting human reasoning. The biggest thing that holds us back from taking a step of faith and actually doing something in life is inner conflict. Inner conflict. We have got all of these conflicting thoughts and beliefs. Some that we have ourselves, some that have come from God, maybe from his spirit or from scripture or whatever. Other people's opinions, uh, what everybody else thinks. You've got all of these self, all of this self-conflict. It's like being caught in a whirlpool with all these different currents instead of all of your thoughts going in one direction and the current pushing you in the same direction. Self-conflict. That is a stronghold you need to deal with. It says um, with conflicting human reasonings and every argument in your mind that sets itself up against the knowledge of God Oh, God wants me to achieve my full potential. Yeah, yeah, but what about this and what about that? It's like having the angel, you know, in the cartoon, the angel on one shoulder and the demon in the other. We're being pulled by all of these arguments one way and another. And then it says, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. 
If Christ says you can and your thought says you can't, just get your lasso out, get that thought and make it obedient to Christ. The word of God is true. The word of God doesn't say, let the weak person walk about saying, oh, I'm weak, I'm weak, I'm so weak, I'm so weak. Let the weak person go on social media and say, it's just not fair, other people are strong, but I'm so weak. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible doesn't say, let the weak person go on about how weak he is. The Bible says, let the weak person say, I am strong. I am strong. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So if your mind says one thing, but the word of God says another thing, you take that thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. The strongholds, you you don't need to fuss and fight with other people. You just need to fuss and fight with yourself. Take a leaf out of Golem who argued with himself in the Lord of the Rings. But, come, but don't come to the conclusion to kill Frodo. Come to the, come to the good conclusion, right? So, so you argue with yourself until you deal with those arguments. And you say, no, I will not be a doubter. I will be a believer. I will not sit in my comfort zone. I will take a step of faith. I will not let my faith become dormant and flabby and lazy. I will stir it up and I will enter into the adventure of living life 100% alive. Deal with the strongholds in your mind. Number two. Higher level thinking produces higher level living. Let's say that together. Higher level thinking produces higher level living. You see, if you want to have a bigger life, you have to become a bigger person. If your thoughts are all, I mean, like, if if your thoughts are all negative, doom and gloom, complaining, whiny tone in the voice all the time, then that's where your life is going to be. That's where your life is going to be. But if you can lift your thoughts higher, if you can lift your vision higher, if you can lift your faith higher, if you can get out of impossibility thinking and start to get into possibility thinking where all things are possible for God and all things are possible for those who believe, if you can get into higher level living, your mind will catch, your life will catch up to your mind and you will experience higher level living because we're the mind goes, the man follows. So get into, once you've dealt with the negative strongholds in your mind, begin to build up the positive thoughts in your mind. Look what God says in Isaiah. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts and my ways beyond anything you could imagine. Do you see how your thoughts come first and then your ways follow? God's thoughts are one are high and so his ways are high. Our thoughts tend to be low and so our ways are low. But you're created in the image and likeness of God. And he says in the scriptures, imitate God like his beloved children. Well, if he thinks higher thoughts, you need to think higher thoughts. And if higher thoughts produce higher ways, then your higher thoughts will produce higher ways in your life. 
For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So higher level thinking produces higher level living. Number three, number three, you only grow when you break through your threshold. Say that with me, and then we'll explain it. You only grow when you break through your threshold. Now, everybody has a threshold of what they can tolerate in life. We all have a pain threshold. We all have a stress threshold. Some people's threshold is bigger than others. In fact, there are some people who used to have a big stress threshold but now they have a small stress threshold. There's a term for that. It's called post-traumatic stress disorder. You see, sometimes in life, you can have had, uh, you, you might have had a pretty good stress threshold. You could cope with quite a lot of stress and it wouldn't bother you too much. But if you have a trauma... And that trauma can come in two ways. It can be a short trauma, but it can be really, really bad. So for instance, sometimes people that have experiences, uh, you know, like military who have experiences in war where they have seen, it might have only been a few months, but it was so bad what they saw and witnessed and experienced that it caused a trauma. But there are other people who also have PTSD, and they didn't go to war or something like that. And what they experienced might not seem that serious, but they had it over a long period of time. Maybe they were a little bit abused, or they were bullied, but it was over a long period of time. And it was like a drip, drip, drip effect. It, 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 include, it makes just as bad a trauma. So whether it, whatever kind it is, when we have a trauma... After the trauma, post-trauma, you can end up with a stress disorder, which means your stress threshold is not working in proper order anymore, okay? It has shrunk. You used to be able to cope with stress, and now if somebody bangs a door, it causes stress and anxiety to you. Your stress threshold has shrunk, and so there are maybe a lot of things that you can't go out and experience in life because it could trigger you in some way. So the goal is to be healed or to recover of the trauma and then to go on in life gradually becoming stronger in the area of an expanded stress threshold. Now I'm sure you can all understand that illustration but even if you have never had that kind of trauma, I'm sure you can still relate to the fact that you can only handle a certain amount of stress. And it can expand and expand, but then it will feel like a rubber band about to pop any moment. You can't take any more. Sometimes we are praying and asking God to bless us with some amazing life that we couldn't cope with if God gave us it. That we would have a breakdown if God gave us that life. That it, the weight of it would crush us. 
And then we can get bitter with God and we can say, hmm, well, other people get their prayers answered, but I've been praying for that for three years and that, has, that prayer's never been answered and I don't know why God can't answer my prayers and God's saying, I want to answer your prayers, but it would kill you at the moment. What you need to do is raise your threshold. If you want a bigger life, you have to become a bigger person. We've all heard stories of somebody winning a fortune in the lottery and then going bankrupt a few years later because they didn't have the threshold to be able to cope with the responsibility of that amount of money overnight. Or a pop star who was suddenly thrust into fame because they won American Idol or something like that and overnight they're suddenly famous and then the next year their whole life unravels live on Twitter for everybody to see because they can't handle that level of fame. They didn't gradually build there. They were thrust into it overnight and the life that they inherited was heavier than the threshold that they currently had. You need to grow as a person. The Bible says that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that God's Spirit lives in you. And God's Spirit is full of creativity and full of wisdom and full of insights that could be imparted to you to give you an amazing life. But God's spirit, God's glory, God's blessing can only rise to the level of the threshold of the temple. God's blessings in your life can only rise to the level that you are strong enough and big enough and mature enough to handle. So if you want God to answer more of your prayers, you have to grow as a person Break through your threshold. Number four, life is like a river. It's not like a destination. It's a journey. Life is like a river. Just A river flows. It's constantly moving. A river is not like a pool that's always there. Life is not a pool of water that you go to and you sit in and you're there forever. Life's like a river. It's always taking you someplace new. There's a current to life. There's a driving force. Sometimes a river will suddenly take a a course change that you weren't expecting. Go with the flow of life. Life is like a river. So many people think life is a destination. If I could get this right and that right and the next thing right, if I could get the right job, the right house, you know, the right amount of money and all that, if I could move in there, then I could just settle down here forever and ever. That, what a boring life. That would become a stagnant little puddle after a while. God is wanting to always be challenging you out of your comfort zone to stretch yourself. Life is like a river. There's actually a clue in the Bible. It's called 
the river of life. There's the clue for you. The river of life. Life is like a river. It's always flowing. And see if you can grow as a person, if you can raise the threshold of what you can cope with, what you can handle, what you can take responsibility over, what you can believe for. God's blessings will fill you up so much they'll overflow to other people. And then you'll go to work. That little stinking stagnant office that you're in every day where everybody's negative and you'll go in and you'll be overflowing with joy and with positivity and with possibility thinking and with new ideas and with unlimited energy and with soaring faith. And then you'll walk out the office and someone will say, oh, she always irritates me, always positive, 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 always positive. And then someone else is going to say to themselves, they won't say it out loud, but they'll say, actually, you're always negative. I'd rather hang about with her than you. I think I'm going to follow her to church next week and find out where all of this good stuff comes from. Look, there's a river flowing out of you. When you're full and overflowing with life, it carries you in a new direction. There's a river flowing out of you. My goodness, when the doors open, we should all be pouring out of the gateway and going into the world and every stagnant little pool that we find we're going to refresh it and every dead thing that we find it will come to life not because you're saying I must make things come to life I must change the atmosphere at my work I must change that stagnant pond you're not doing that you're just you've concentrated on yourself You've taken the beam out of your eye instead of looking for the speck in other people. You've grown your threshold and now you're so full of faith and excitement and enthusiasm and inspiration and positivity, you can't help spill it out everywhere else. Which brings me to my last point, which is just the conclusion of all the rest summed up, and it's this. Your best gift to the world is to become a bigger and better you. Everybody say, my best gift to the world is to become a bigger and better me. Come on, let's stand up. We're going to pray. We're going to say a prayer together. And we're going to reactivate our faith. I want you to think about your faith. Your faith being like a lion. The Bible says the righteous are as bold, as confident as a lion. Right? You've got a lion in this cave. But he's been asleep for quite a long time. We're going to get a big stick and poke in there and wake him up right now. And we're going to have, we're going to leave this place today with our faith roaring out of us. Are you ready, church? Lift up your hands and say this with me. Father.